0: Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, I don't know how beautiful the testimony is going to be. I haven't done that for maybe more than 20 years. And the last time it was probably in polish too so so bear with me if i mumble just you know i don't know throw something at me i don't know hey, i think i'm gonna put my glasses on Whoa. all right last week Leona shared a good sermon with us that was in a german accent we thought we continue with this steam and Tonight, we're going to have it in Polish. So, uh, I'll be asked me, I don't know what, it was, three or four weeks ago to share my testimony. Of course, it made me happy a little bit. And let me tell you why. Well, I'm going to tell you something now that probably going to make you, you know, roll your eyes a little bit. I'm talking to you young people because most of you are young in here. I know this for a fact because when I tell this to my children, they go, oh, here we go again. And this is, uh, you know, back in my days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what happens when you talk to all the generation. They say, back in my days, they go, oh. But back in my days, the testimony, and this is what we're talking about here, was something that was done very often. I don't know, maybe that was just in my circles or where I came from. But every time that we met in prayer meetings or at home, everyone gave the testimony. It was something powerful. It was something that was shared freely. And everyone used to do it. Now, the difference between then and now is just somehow... I, we kind of forgot about it. We don't share our testimonies so often. I don't know. Maybe you do. You you have your friends, and so ask yourself. You know a lot about your friends, but do you know their testimony today? Do you know how they came to be with Jesus? What happened in their life? And testimonies are powerful, and we should touch on that a little bit. So a bit of my background, where I came from. Of course, as you know, I, I was born in Poland. So, you know, back in the 60s and 80s, in my country, it was the question of religion. It was it was not even a question. It was not even a thing. You have to remember that, you know, 60s and 80s, there was no such a thing as, you know, mobile phone. You, you know, get it out and you know, find out about different religions so there was not even a telephone I mean we, we I didn't have a phone yeah there was no Google that you can find out what religion are you and for us it was you know everyone was Roman Catholic pretty much that was all there was there was nothing else <clears throat> so I remember My my father left when I was two, so my mother had to go to work. So I had to stay with somebody when I was small, so I had to go to stay at my uh, grandpas, um, at my grandma's. My grandma was the only person probably in my family that uh, used to go to church, to Roman Catholic church. And uh, that's how I grew up pretty much, because most of my time I spent at my grandma's place. So the story of Jesus and was not really strange to me. I knew that, you know, there was someone like that, you know, that you know, Jesus existed because every Sunday, of course, I went to church, right? So now in about 1984, I came to Australia. I didn't want to come here, I tell you. I was, you know. I had my school, I had my friends. My stepfather was here because, you know, my mom remarried. So he wanted to sponsor us. So uh, I knew I didn't have much future in my country. So I said, okay, I'm going to do something stupid. And so I did. I packed up my suitcase. And I came to Australia. Um, I remember I came here. Uh, I was sitting on the bench. Someone took the photo of me. Now the photo itself was, you know, not really significant. It was just dude sitting on the bench. But I remember what I was thinking at the moment when I was sitting on that bench. You know, I, I left my country. I uh, left my friends, and of course, I brought my religion with me. I found, you know, a Polish community. They they went to church, you know, like every Sunday and. My stepfather used to work in uh, like a Catholic home for, for the elderly. There was lots of nuns in there, so I used to, you know, spend time with them and go to church with them as well. And I was sitting on that bench and I was thinking, well, what's next? I had no future, no money, no work, but little did I know what God had in store for me. I remember I I found a job. I went to work. That was at the end of 1984. Uh, During one of the lunchtimes, there was a few Polish people working with me. Uh, During one of the lunchtimes, one of the guys came to me. He said, you know, Greg, be careful because there is this guy walking around and he's talking about Jesus all the time. You know, he's preaching this, whatever that is. I said, oh, yeah, okay. I was not scared of that. And sure enough, just before the lunch was over, I came out. And I saw the guy, you know, his name was Tony. And he was talking to a couple of, uh, you know, Polish people and, uh, you know, telling them about Jesus. You know, I don't know what he was saying, of course. I had no idea. So I joined in and listened, you know, and the other guys started attacking him so what should i do well, I said, I'm, I'm gonna help him right <laughs> you know i, I, I know jesus I, i'm i'm catholic so you know i started helping him and telling you know, the other people about jesus and stuff <clears throat> and after after work he said well if you're so you know curious about you know god you want to talk about jesus then you, know, you come to church and we have a meeting tonight i think it was monday I said, well, okay. Of course, I had no idea what kind of church that was because, you know, as I said, there was no internet. I couldn't find out. For me, it was just a place where people went and talked about Jesus. Uh, so I took my map. If you don't know what that is, it's a, like a paper book that you open. <laughs> you know, and you found the place, found the address, and you followed that, and you went... <clears throat> So I arrived to this church. Um, it was called Potter, Potter's House. I don't know if any of you know it. Apparently, they still exist. It was run by, um, uh, by pastors that came from America. They always used to wear nice, nice thin ties and red ones. And apparently, they still do that. I don't know why. I had no idea what the church was all about. There were people singing, and there was someone, you know, talking and about Jesus, I'm guessing. I had no idea what. At the end, there was an altar call. And someone said, do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? I don't know what that meant. But I was thinking to myself, and it was like, Two different persons in me. One said, Dude, don't worry about it. And the other guy was saying, you have nothing to lose. So I made a decision. I went up front and I prayed <coughs> the sinner's prayer. I still don't know what the meeting was all about, what the prayer was all about. I went home. I said Goodbye. The church continued the next day as well. It was like a, you know, they have like a revival meetings that they do run, you know, for the whole week. But I do know that when I woke up the next day, something has happened in me. I had no idea what, you know, what kind of church I'm in and what kind of religion I'm in. I just knew I made a decision that I wanted to follow Christ. I wanted to follow Jesus it was not something that you know something that I've heard but I know that was the Holy Spirit that worked in me Um, John chapter 3 you all know this when Nicodemus came to to Jesus, and Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is the flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Just a note here for all of you who have maybe studied Bibles, the water here for the wind and the Spirit is the same. It's Pneuma here. So the wind blows what it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. It is the wind. That's what is happening to me, and that's what happened to me. and It's the same thing that is happening to you. It's not out of your own work or anything that you can do. But it's the Holy Spirit. I'd like to share something about the power of the testimony, if I can. I want you to believe that the testimony that you have is powerful. It doesn't matter where you come from. Like, you know, my testimony is not that awesome and it's not, you know, like I came from death row or somewhere and Holy Spirit came and saved me from the pits. You might be, I don't know, born into a Christian family, but your testimony is just as powerful as mine. Ephesians chapter 2, this is probably a, a verse that... I don't know, did you guys uh, put into your memories before or not? Because I I don't remember, but you probably know this, Ephesians chapter 2, and you were dead, and I want to pause in here, any one of us, me, you. Whether you came from death row or from a Catholic church or from Christian home, you were dead. It's clear and simple. It doesn't matter. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you have once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Verse 4, but God. But God came and did something powerful in us people. We were all dead, but God came. Gospel of John, chapter 9. Jesus healed a man who was born blind. He was a beggar, so everyone in town knew him and when Jesus healed him, you know, the news spread very quickly. From verse 18. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. So he was probably more than 13. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was be put out of the synagogue. This is you know, a bit of a, you know, a power play here. Kind of a, like an intimidation. There is that play here. You know, today when you have trouble in your synagogue, in your church, you can just go to another church. You know, back then, this guy, you know, he was blind. He was kicked out of the synagogue, and that's the end for him. Verse 24. So for the second time, they called a man, Who had been blind and said to him, "Give glory to God. We know that this sin, that this man is a sinner." Well, what is happening here? We know that this man is a sinner. Give glory to God. We are good here. You have you join us. It doesn't matter. You've been blind and you can see now, and you know you have to be like us. We can you know deny his deity and you should join us in it i remember that you know when i became a christian and tony that guy that invited me to church (coughs) came to my place um, one day and uh, when my mom found out that he was the guy that you know you know brought me to christ she she grabbed a hammer and she chased him in the house and she actually tried to kill him he had to run away so that is what's going to happen to you know to everyone that's what we face today you know maybe we don't have people chasing us with hammers and stuff but when you have a testimony if you have something that happened in your life that change that newness when christ came and then when holy spirit came you're gonna have adversaries to come So for the second time, they called him. Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he said, I have told you already, what, why do you not want to listen? I've lost the verse here. Where is it? All right, never mind. I was blind, but now I see. This is not the gospel of prosperity here. This is, you know, the gospel of grace. Maybe you think to yourself, I, you know, don't have such a thing as, you know, testimony. I don't know really what what happened to me. I'm just a Christian. You know, yet maybe I know you've been born into a... a you know, Christian family, and one day you just, you know, kind of started following Christ. But I have to tell you that even that, your testimony is powerful because you've made a decision one day. Even if it happened, you know, laying in bed. So, I don't know if you remember Romans 10, 9. For if you confess with your mouth this fantastic testimony where God rescued you in the split of a second just before you died. I don't know, is that in your Bible or is just that mine? But the Bible says, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Simple. If you did that, just that it's a miracle it's not something that you did it's not something from you but it's a holy spirit you've made a decision world people in this world they know things but they don't make a decision and the testimony that you have is powerful if you don't believe it just it's like when you go to the airport for example and you can just sit there And watch the people coming out, uh, you know, when plane lands and people come out and you can watch them, you know, coming to the families that they haven't seen each other. You can see, you can feel without anyone saying anything. You can feel that love. People hugging and, and laughing and crying out of love. You can feel that. And same thing with your testimonies. With your testimony, anyone's testimony, you can just open, you know, YouTube and Put any testimonies there and listen to people coming to Christ. You can feel the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, people have been changed in different ways. There's only one thing that matters. I was blind. But now I see. Now you can stay in front of any high court and face, you know, any music and... Because there is nothing more powerful than your testimony that one day you became to Christ. You, you came to Christ and became a Christian. People may come to you with all sorts of you know scientific uh, objections and questions, and you don't have to be a great theologian and know all the things you know from the Bible. But the one thing that you have is the testimony in your heart. This, this is something they cannot take away from you. And this is very powerful, church. In verse 35, it says Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, Jesus actually took the time out and went and found the guy. The blind man, you know, that he was healed, he was not looking for Jesus, but Jesus came. So, I don't know, maybe like you feel you have no, not much in your life of a you know, testimony, but when you follow Christ, know that Christ will always come and look for you. He will always come. And seek you out. It's no coincidence that the next chapter of of the gospel is called uh, "I am a good shepherd." So that is my testimony. It might not be, you know, powerful, but it is what it is. And any one of you has the same we're just gonna have to use it people so i wonder who's gonna be the next i can't wait i love you know people's testimonies you know what i had. they are fantastic and it's uh, you know glory of god so that's it thanks